0: First of all, I would like to thank God for this privilege of being, once again, to be able to stand before you. And I'd like to thank the men for the opportunity to, once again, bring the lesson. The lesson this evening will come from the second epistle of Paul to Timothy. But first, let us consider the words of Solomon that's found in Proverbs. If you will be turning to chapter 4, we'll be reading verses 5 and 7 there in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We'll be reading verses 5 and 7. There, Solomon says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, if you will, please turn to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5. There, Solomon says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. And finally, please turn to chapter 9 of Proverbs and verse 9. There, Solomon says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. You know the wisest person in this old world today is that person who knows that instruction is still needed. Why? Because he realizes that he does not know it all, and can never know it all. If you'll remember last Sunday, last Sunday evening, Brother Doug brought a lesson where the Apostle Paul tells young Timothy to preach the Word. He told him to uh, do the work of an evangelist and and to endure all afflictions. If I remember right, it was from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 and 5. Now I'm going to ask a question. I don't want you to answer it or anything, but I want you to think about it. How can a preacher, a teacher, or an evangelist, preach or teach the word of truth? I'm talking about the Scriptures. If they don't have the wisdom and understanding of the Scriptures. And that brings us to our lesson tonight. If you would, please be turning in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. As all of us here tonight know, in the two epistles that the Apostle Paul has written, To this young 36-year-old evangelist, there in verse 15 of chapter 2, Paul tells Timothy this. He says, To study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Those who, like Jesus, that has no other will, save that the will of the fathers, will study the word of truth that they may be approved of God and that if they do do the studies that they're supposed to do and be approved of God they will never have a cause to be ashamed. You ask well, what does the word study mean? The word study means to investigate to examine And the dictionary even says that it's a branch of learning and knowledge. Being approved implies being tried and proved as the precious metals are before they are approved to be genuine. The description of a workman for God, a workman of God is serious. They have an earnest zeal. To learn more of God's Word and to teach the Word. They are ceaseless in the work in the master's vineyard. And the workmen of God never, I say never, search responsibility. In Psalms 119, verses 5 and 6, David said this Oh, but my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Folks, the word of truth, the scriptures is addressed to many different classes of people. And all those who studies the word and gains the understanding and knowledge from it, Needs to have a proper regard for the divisions that confusion is avoided. Folks, it is profitable to distinguish properly between those things that are addressed to those who were living under whatever dispensation. Noah. And Abraham lived in the patriarchal age. Then we know later on that God's people lived under the law of Moses. And we are now in the Christian dispensation. In the third chapter of Romans, in verses 19 and 20, the Apostle Paul makes a distinction by saying this, Now we know what things whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all, the, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. care must be taken that the word is applied to those to whom it was written or addressed to. In Acts chapter 2 in verse 37 the people who heard Peter's sermon asked him what shall we do? And in verse 38 we find Peter said this to them repent ye and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now folks, if we were to apply this command to those who already are in Christ, then every time a Christian was to sin, they would need to be baptized for their sins. And what would this cause? It would cause confusion because we know that's not the truth. When Christians sin, they go to God in prayer, they repent of their sins, turn away from Him, and ask God for forgiveness. We don't have to be baptized every single time we unknowingly sin. Again, I say... We must study or examine the scriptures to gain the understanding of the divisions and different classes of people that they are written to, that we may rightly divide and apply the word. We must, I've heard it said time and time again, we must cling to that which is taught and avoid that which is not taught. You see, the obligation to rightly divide the word of truth is laid squarely upon our shoulders. And while there are very many, a lot of people who rightly divide the word, they believe in it and they obey it. Then on the other hand, we have those who misconstrue the word of truth or the scriptures. And I believe Brother Klein Hancock gave a really good example of such in one of his sermons that he gave. In this sermon that he gave he said that the people who misconstrued the Word of God would read in the scriptures where Judas went out and hanged himself. Then on another page of the Scriptures, they would read, Go out and do likewise. And then on another page, they would read, Thou doest it quickly. Now folks, knowing God loves us and only wants the best for us. Common sense ought to tell us or those who misconstrue the Word that they had not gained the proper understanding that God wants them to have of His Word. In the 8th chapter of John, and in verse 32, we find Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, and He told the Pharisees, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We all know that the truth here, Jesus is speaking of, is the law of Christ, or the gospel, the system of faith. In John chapter 1, verse 17, we also read, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth cometh by Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 10, Paul said this. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Folks, if I had put this in simple terms that I could understand, I would say it this way. As Christians, we should be preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ and nothing else. Yes, I'll agree that the Old Testament was giving for our learning and that some things were brought forward by our Lord Jesus, but there are other things that does not apply to us are living under the Christian dispensation. Again, I'll tell you, there's three dispensations of time on this side of eternity. As I said before, Noah and Abraham lived in patriarchal dispensation. Then Jacob's name was changed to Israel, which means God is among us. And the people was guided until the time of the Jewish nation. The name Jewish nation comes from the tribe of Judah. And the tribe of Judah got its name from a man whose name was Jesus. Well, as the years went by, and things time goes on, we know that God's people fell into slavery, the people of Egypt. Then God sent Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And out of the bondage that they were in, and after he leads them out of the bondage that they were in in Egypt, and they cross the Red Sea, they come from Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to the mountain to meet with God, and God gives Moses the law, and this law will last until the time when the Old Testament was nailed to the cross along with Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. We are now under the Christian dispensation which began on the day of Pentecost after Christ ascended into heaven. And it will end on that great day of judgment. For the beginning of the church and how men might be saved, we can read Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 47 which will tell us about that. And in the ninth chapter and 27th verse of the book of Hebrews, the Hebrew writer tells us this, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 also says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or bad. Now people, we have these scriptures to go by. And these people who misconstrue the scriptures, there's some of them that actually believe that there's not going to be any judgment day. That all men will be going to heaven not one person is going to be condemned to hell, even though we're told that those who do not do the commandments of God are in danger of hellfire. There's a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I believe he's still there. I haven't seen him in the last 15 years. But I sat at his feet one time, and I studied under him. And I do know that he taught, that there's no judgment day that hell was only created for the devil and his angels. And at that time, I don't know where he's at now. I haven't heard about him lately. But 15 years ago, he had a following of some 4,000 people. I hope since then that he has reread the gospel, rightly divided the word, and understands that he's wrong. And his followers, I hope, come to the same understanding. And then we have these people who believe and teach faith alone. And they always say, well, I thought we were saved by the unmerited favor of God. And you'll say, why do you believe that? The first thing they'll do is refer to what Paul said to the Ephesian church. And they say that there, that he told the... Ephesian church that salvation is a free gift of God. And they are referring to Ephesians, the second chapter, verses eight and nine, where Paul says, or John says, excuse me, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And verse nine it says, not of works. Lest any man boast. But for some reason, they always want to leave off verse 10. And there in verse 10, it says, We are his handy uh, workmanship. We are his workmanship, excuse me, created in Christ Jesus, and unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. Man could not provide a plan by which man could be saved. Now the subject here that we're talking about there in Ephesians is salvation. And therefore it is a free gift. An example of that would be a farmer might promise his son that he would give him a car if he would agree to the condition that he would work in the fields long enough to pay for that car. But if they were like the fields that I worked in, I don't believe that there's a child that can earn enough to pay for a car. And the reason why I say that is because the fields that I worked in only lasted a few months. And the pay that I would have got wouldn't have paid for the car that I would have been given. So therefore, my father could say that likely that car would be considered a gift. You say, well, why do you say that as an example? Because I want to tell you something. A lifetime of service to God does not merit eternal life. It truly is a gift of God. The merits of our work for Christ would never have attained salvation for us folks. When God created us, His infinite wisdom foresaw the good works Christians may perform. So God prepared in His Son whereby Christians would be furnished with all that would be necessary for those perfect works that he wanted man to do. Like you've heard me teach before, God has always required man to do something for himself. Many people have asked, how much of the Bible will we be judged by? The Bible contains 66 books, if my memory serves me correct. The Old Testament contains 39 of those books. The New Testament contains 27 of those books. 21 of the New Testament books tells us or tells men how to live life as a Christian. Four books of the New Testament tells of the life of Christ. And one of the New Testament books, the Acts of the Apostles, tells when the church was established and how man can be forgiven of their past sins. And one last book tells the Christian about their eternal home. We will not be judged by the law of Moses. At least not all of it. Only the common sense things that Jesus brought forth into his gospel were judged by. Such as thou shalt not kill, honor thy father and mother, don't tell lies, and do that which is right. Folks, we didn't live during that dispensation period. are under the Christian dispensation because we're living in that time. And we're living under the law of Christ that was given through the apostles way back in the first century. Again, the old covenant, the Mosaic law, was nailed to the cross along with Christ. Please read Colossians chapter 2 and verse fourteen verse verse fourteen once again that we read earlier in the lesson. And sadly then we have those people who ask, Well, won't we be judged by the Ten Commandments? I do not believe that we'll be judged by the Ten Commandments. Would you like to have proof of that? If you would, then please be turning to the 7th chapter and verse 12 of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 12. That will be our first scripture reading. There the Hebrew writer says, for the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Now turn to Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, if you will please. This is Paul speaking. Remember, he was inspired, he was an inspired apostle. There he says, in chapter 6 and verse 14 of Romans. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, talking about the law of Moses, but grace. Now, please turn to Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 that we may once again read what the... Hebrew writers wrote. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Folks, we are going to be judged by the New Testament, the Gospel of Christ, the system of faith. Those men who were inspired of God wrote the New Testament. And not only did they write it one time, but they wrote it three times. They wrote it in Hebrews. They wrote it in Aramaic. And then they wrote it in Greek that all men everywhere could and would have the opportunity to hear the truth and believe the truth that they may be obedient to the gospel of Christ. Now, I did not realize all these things as I studied but I sure am proud that I didn't study on this because I learned now that there are two divisions in the New Testament one is addressed or written through the alien sinner they're they're told or asked to repent of their sins confess Christ as the Son of God to be baptized for the remission of their past sins and then to live the life of a Christian. And the other division is addressed to the erring Christian to repent and go to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness. The alien sinner has no business trying to pray to God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says this. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That was in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. If there's anybody taking notes. And again in John. Chapter 9 and verse 31. John writes, Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he will hear. You know, we were just talking about the division that was addressed to the Aryan Christian. Well, there's another one there in 1 John chapter 1 and verses 6 through 10 where John says this. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, we walk in darkness. If we lie and do not the truth, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Christ, of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And in first John chapter two, verses one through four, John writes this My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And there is one other scripture that is addressed to the Christians and it's found in the book of Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 15. Again I say, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and exhort and rebuke with all authority that no man despise thee. I say once again, folks, the scriptures tell us to rightly divide the word of truth. I'm talking about the scriptures. There in Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. Paul was not only addressing or writing to Timothy, but also to all the Christians to study or examine or investigate the Scriptures that we too may show ourselves approved unto God. Those who are truly disciples of Christ will be examining the scriptures and they will be gaining the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding of how to rightly divide the word of truth. As As the Apostle Peter said in chapter 3 and verse 15 in his very first epistle, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be Ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of hope that is in you. And do it with meekness and fear. Christians are set apart by God's Word. And we are to live by His Word. We have been examining the simple command to rightly divide the word of truth. Yet man has chosen to teach the doctrines that he wants to teach. He teaches the doctrines that makes him feel good. As you heard me say several times in other lessons that I've brought, rather than teaching the word of truth, they teach a real good, feel good lesson. Folks, the word of truth is the only way that will lead to eternal life the only way you can't drum up some kind of some other way of getting eternal life we're told over and over in God's word that every man lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of our God. It doesn't say some doctrine of man leads to eternal life. In a lesson not too long ago, I taught a lesson from Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14 where it said, Blessed are they that do His commandments that they may have the may the, have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Folks, I hope that you understand what I've been trying to teach tonight. Because if there's somebody here that has not yet studied the Word of God and rightly divided it and you're in need of a Bible study, let it be known tonight that we may help you to have the understanding, the wisdom, the knowledge that you need so that you can be obedient to God's Word. Or if you know that the gospel has tugged at your heartstrings and that you need to be obedient to God's Word and you're just putting it off, please come forward tonight and let it be known. Because you've heard me say it time and time again, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Or if you just need the prayers of the church, please come forward as those who are able stand and we sing the song that's been selected.